Christian, do you want to come up to the front, kids? More than welcome to come sit at the front. It's going to be very me talking to you guys. I will speak to adults too, but you're the important ones to me this morning. Um, we're doing things a little bit differently at today's service. Normally, most of you know, we have our Old Testament reading, our New Testament reading, um, but they are going to be included kind of in uh, the talk this morning. Um, and I wanted to begin today with a history lesson from the Old Testament. Who's doing exams at the moment? A couple of people I know. Who likes history? Well, you're going to get some anyway. <laughs> so, um, upstairs in church, uh, you guys have been, whether or not you've known or not, you've been studying uh, the book of Acts. Sorry, Cable's getting away. Um, and you've been on the theme of Church Alive. And this week, uh, we're up to Acts 7. Um, and in reading Acts 7 this week, and in preparation for it, I t it took me to the Old Testament to have a look at what used to happen in the Jewish times before Jesus came and how they used to worship. And it was really interesting, so I'm going to share some of what I found out with you guys this morning. So here we have what's called the Temple. Now in the old days, uh, before Jesus came, and uh, the Jews had a really special place called the Temple, or the Tabernacle is what they called it. And there's only one. This is actually the second one, because it got destroyed by the Babylonians in the Old Testament, and it got rebuilt. Uh, and this is what people think it looked like. And the best kind of comparison to today, possibly, would be, it's a bit like the Vatican. It is that holy place for uh, the Jews of the time. It's a bit like the Catholics of the Vatican. The Jews had the tabernacle, the temple. And uh, this temple was actually destroyed, I think it was 60 uh, AD, by the Romans. And now stands where it used to be is a uh, Muslim holy ground, but I won't go into that because it gets messy. Um, but that's the temple, what you Jews used to worship in in the old days. And if you go to the next slide, this here is the layout of what the temple looked like. So as you can see, we've got the court at the front, which if you go on the previous slide, just so you can get a quick comparison of what the two look like. Can we go previous slide, Dave? Back one. Previous. So if you look, you've got a temple building and a courtyard there. Now if we go to this one, you'll see how it links up a bit better. Just trying to help you guys out. Okay, so we've got the court of the men of Israel at the front. Uh, and I believe there used to be a market there. They used to kind of sell stuff there, which is quite interesting. Um, then we had a burnt offering altar. And then this small block there, where it says nave, that's the temple itself. So the temple had a front section called the nave. Then it had a big, big curtain. And we've got these curtains up there, you can see hanging at the sides. Now the curtain that was covering uh, the temple in the middle, nothing like these things. This thing was thick. I mean, those things you could probably, you know, I reckon some of you could pull them down and cause some damage. But this, this other one in the Jewish temple, you know, our youth would struggle to break that thing. Um, and that was separating off the main uh, area of the temple called the nave to a place called the Holy of Holies. How does that sound? The Holy of Holies. Does everyone say it. The Holy of Holies. And that is what I am going to be looking at this morning. The Holy of Holies. What is the Holy of Holies? Let's go to our next slide. So I need to grab my notes so I don't just read off the screen. So the Holy of Holies. You can follow with me. The room known as the Holy of Holies was the innermost and most sacred area of the ancient tabernacle of Moses, the Temple of Jerusalem. The Holy of Holies was constructed as a perfect cube. It contained only the Ark of the Covenant, 
the symbol of Israel's special relationship with God. The Holy of Holies was accessible only to the Israelite high priest. Once a year on Yom Kippur, I think it's how you say it, the uh, Day of Atonement, the high priest was permitted to enter the small windowless enclosure to burn incense and sprinkle the blood of a sacrificial animal on the mercy seat of the ark. By doing so, the high priest atoned for his own sins and those of the people. The Holy of Holies was separated from the rest of the uh, temple by the veil, a huge heavy drape made of fine linen and blue and purple and scarlet yarn embroidered with gold cherubim. God said that he would appear in the Holy of Holies in Leviticus 16.2, hence the need for the veil. There exists a barrier between man and God. The holiness of God could not be accessed by anyone but the high priest. And then once a year, God's eyes are too pure to look on evil, it says in Habakkuk 1.13. And he can tolerate no sin. The veil and the elaborate rituals undertaken by the priest were a reminder that man could not carelessly or irrelevantly, irreverently sorry, enter God's awesome presence. Before the high priest entered the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement, he had to wash himself, put on special clothing, bring burning incense to let smoke cover his eyes from a direct view of God, and bring sacrificial blood with him to make atonement for sins. It says this in Exodus 28 and Hebrews 9.7. So I, I looked into this, I read this about the Holy of Holies and this sin thing, and I was like, where's our Holy of Holies? I can't, I, where do we go? Where, where do we go to like, get rid of our sin, to see God? Where do we go to see God? And I, I, I couldn't see anywhere. So I couldn't find anywhere. So I decided I was going to make a Holy of Holies. This here is my Holy of Holies, also known as my God box. Here we go. It's not quite a perfect cube. It doesn't look very pretty. But it's my God box, because I made it, so it's, it's good, it's good. And I decided that I looked at this Old Testament reading of what the priests used to do. Because God can't be with sin. And we're all sinners. I've done bad things. I know you've all done bad things. Don't need to tell me, but I know. But we've all done bad things, and God can't be around that sin. So we needed a place to, to meet with God. And so I made my God box for Holy of Holies. Now I need a volunteer. Who would like to volunteer? Donna! Come on, Donna. Squeezing through. Oh, but this is, I need to check some things before I can make sure I can use you. Have you washed today? You, have you washed? You have. Good. Come on, man. Come on, then. Because the high priest in the old days, he had to wash and dress. Are these your good clothes? Good. He had to wash and put on special clothing. And if you bought a long incense, no, we won't worry about that. So he had to wash and put on special clothing. And before he entered in, he had to make sure he was ready. He had to really prepare himself to go into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of God, to, um, to give that um, sacrifice of blood for the sins of the people. So are you ready to go into the Holy of Holies? Would you like to go in? Okay, here we go. Are you ready? Are you sure? You've prepared. Go in. I'm going to shull it so you can have time. 
How's that, Donna? Okay, that's enough time. Come on out. Come on out. How was that? Good. Was it? Did, was God in there? It was dark. It was dark. But did, did anything amazing happen? No. Oh, that is strange. Go have a seat. Thank you, Donna. Give her a clap. <laughs> Nothing happened. I'll tell you what. I'm going to have to sit and reflect and pray on why it was dark and nothing happened. And while I do, this, this guys, is the Holy of Holies. I don't want to hear a bad word spoken about it, okay? What was that? Oh, come here, come here. <laughs> Stephen, also known as Sean. <laughs> Sit down, sir. So he's just told me you were saying bad things about my Holy of Holies. Yeah, I was. You were. What have you got to say for yourself? Brothers and, sis brothers and sisters, listen to me. The God who you are saying is in your box appeared to Abraham when he lived in Mesopotamia, before he lived in Haran. God appeared in the world outside of your box and outside of the temple. Joseph was a slave, slave in Egypt, but God was with him. In his prison cell and with God's help, Joseph was made ruler over Egypt. When Moses was 80 years old, and an angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of burning bush and said, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. God isn't in a box. Acts 7 verse 48 says, The Most High does not live in any houses made by hands. As the prophet says, Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or, will my resting, or where will my resting place be? Has not been made by my hand. Has not my hand made all these things? Sure. So we can't put God into a box. But if God can't be in a box and He was elsewhere, our sin—God can be of our sin. The whole point of putting God in a box is that we are separate from Him, isn't it? So He can't sin. There's this guy called Jesus. He is not just a guy. He is God. Do you remember that the curtain which used to separate the holiest of holies from man? Well, this is what happened. When Jesus died, an amazing thing happened. When Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The veil was not torn in, in half by any man. It was a supernatural event done by the power of God to make a very specific point. Because of the death of Christ on the cross, man was no longer separated from God. The Old Testament temple system was made obsolete as the new covenant was ratified. No longer would we have, it, have to depend on priests to perform a once-a-year sacrifice on our behalf. Christ's body was torn on the cross, just as the veil was torn in the temple. And now we have, to access, now we have access to God through Jesus. We have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. By a new, coven, by a new and living way, he opened for us the curtain, that is, his body. The once, and the once for all time sacrifice of Christ did away with the necessity of yearly sacrifices, which could never take away sins. Those sacrifices were merely a foreshadowing of the perfect sacrifice to come, that of the Holy Lamb of God, slain for the sins of the world. The Holy of Holies, the very presence of God, is now open to all who come to Christ in faith, where, before there was an imposing barrier guarded by cherubim, God has opened a way by the shed blood of his son. 
Wow. Did you hear that? This, this Jesus guy means we don't need the Holy of Holies anymore. Sure, and you were saying bad things about my box, and I was about to stone you, but you'll be all right. Off you go. If you read Acts 7, you know what I'm talking about. So did you hear that? The idea of the Holy of Holies, the whole reason it was made, was because God couldn't be with us because of our sin. But this guy, Jesus, was sent to die on the cross. And when he died, I don't know if you heard this. I'd heard it, but I didn't realize what it meant. But when he died, this thing in the temple, that picture we saw before, Dave's got it, of the curtain separating us from God, that was ripped in half. We sang that song this morning called Supernatural God. Because there's no way that curtain could have been ripped apart by man. A supernatural thing happened. The curtain was ripped in half by God. And that was so significant. It was so important. Because remember, God wasn't in this box. We didn't need to go into the Holy of Holies to visit God. Suddenly, God came forth upon the whole of man because we didn't need to be separate anymore. Because the sin that we walk around with, the sin, the bad things we've done, they were taken by Jesus. Because the Holy of Holies, the man, the high priest used to go in the temple and he used to put a sacrifice there for everyone's sin. But God sent Jesus as the ultimate sacrifice on that cross so that everyone, if we go to John 3.16, everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And it means that we can know God now. God's no longer in this Holy of Holies place. Everywhere has become the Holy of Holies. How awesome is that? Where we are right now is the Holy of Holies because God is here and we can meet with him here. When you're at your home, he's a holy of holies. Because you can meet with God there. Because through Jesus Christ, we are made worthy to go before God. How cool is that? Get some nods. Or if you're feeling American, woo! Yes! Thank you. So that holy of holies, we've been set free. And that is just so awesome. And I'm sure many of you knew that already. Who knew that already? Who's clever? Who knew that already? Some of the kids. I've definitely taught you that before. If not, I'm doing a bad job. <laughs> but that, we are set free. We are set free. Now, I want to go back to my God box here, which I've put up. Because we've been set free. But sometimes, sometimes we haven't always set God free. Sometimes we still have God boxes in our lives. We still have those things where we box God in. And that's where God is for us. But he's not in other places. Sometimes we, examples of this, let's think of examples. Where might we think God is uh, when we box him? Who can think of any? There's one where, we're, where are we sitting now? Hands up, kids. In church. Sometimes people box God in church. Sometimes we think the only place we can really meet God is in church. If we don't go to church, and we're not going to meet God. That's not true. God's outside of this church. He's with us every day. What else, where else might we box God? In what other ways? Let's get creative. You can think of any. That hand? Or you just wait, you're just waiting. I thought of someone preparing. I thought where we might box God. So in church, on a Sunday. Some of us see Sunday as our, our Sabbath. And we're like, this is the day where I've got to be extra holy. This is the day where, you know, it's the day of God. So I'm not going to swear on a Sunday maybe. Some people might do other stuff. We might make sure that we say an extra long grace at our Sunday lunch. But sometimes we box God on a Sunday and we forget to do all these things because God's actually around every day of the week, not just on Sunday. 
Other ways we box God is in worship. Some of us might feel that we can't worship God unless Leslie's leading us in worship. Now, I know Leslie does lead us great in worship, but we can worship without Leslie. Not we, we love Leslie, but we can worship without Leslie. We can worship in the week, in our cars, in our homes, as we're in our bed. We don't need to, don't, worship isn't all about singing. For some people, we can only worship God and sing, but that's not true. Don't box the worship of God uh, through just singing in church. Communion, too. Some people box God in communion. We only remember him dying on the cross and about breaking the bread once a week. But when, Je- when Jesus broke that bread, do you remember what he said? He said, every time you break bread, do this in remembrance of me. That's at every mealtime. That's where we get grace. Who says grace before they eat? That's where grace comes from. It's praying to God, remembering. So it's like every day, not just on a Sunday, but every day we actually receive that communion. That's how we can sometimes box God. But we've got to remember, as um, Stephen said, he reminded us that in the, even in the old days, when God told the Jewish people to build his Holy of Holies so he could meet with them because he hadn't sent Jesus yet, even in those days, God still appeared elsewhere. God still appeared everywhere. God is everywhere. Even when they had the Holy of Holies and instructed to build it, God was still everywhere. He appeared in the burning bush to Moses. He spoke to Joseph in dreams, just as some examples. He was everywhere. Now I want to flip our boxing God upside down. This is a question which has a lot more uh, examples. Sometimes we don't necessarily put God in a box, but we can split our lives into boxes of different segments of our lives. And we find that some of those boxes we keep away from God. Some, what boxes are we keeping away from God? Do we include God in our work? When we're sending a work email to that colleague who's just really <clears throat> rattled us, is God in that email? Do we separate God from our Facebook? Those of you who have Facebook. So stuff we post to our friends, or private messages. I see stuff all the time on Facebook, and I'm just like, how can you say that? It's just, you wouldn't say that in real life. I know the people, like, you wouldn't say that, so why are you saying it? Do we leave God out of that? Do we forget that God actually sees that? In our SMSs, as well. Who can think of any other examples where we might leave God out of? One which came up at 7 o'clock, which I've never ever experienced with Alan Beasley, is road rage. <laughs> Do we sometimes get so angry, we're like, God's not on our roads, there's just taxis on our roads. No, God is there at every moment. And so much of our lives, we sometimes box off from God. We forget that God's included in everything. In our bank accounts. Do we say to God, you know, God who created everything, as we heard in the Acts reading. He said, God made everything. So you're building a house out of stuff that I made for me. Quite funny. But banks, money, God made everything and he gave to us. And we're like, this is my money now. This is in a box for me, not for God. But do we actually say, God, this is yours. Do with it as you will. There's many things that we can box God out of. My challenge is, hang on, let's let God out of the box and into everything. Because God is everywhere. So let's remember, so in the Old Testament, just to recap what I spoke about, we had that temple, didn't we? And the important thing to remember about the temple is how holy God actually is. Sometimes we can forget that, I think, um, as Christians in today, but how holy God was. All those things a priest had to do 
wasn't because he enjoyed doing it. It's because he had to make sure he was prepared to go before God. Do we ever make sure we're prepared to go before God? We don't have to go to the Holy Holies to find God. But are we in our everyday stuff, are we preparing ourselves for the holiest being ever? That is God who saved us. Do we live a life where we're like honouring that? But this Holy One, the ultimate, the holiest of holies, the holiest uh, being God, saved us and made us worthy to go before him. Do we honour that or do we abuse that? And secondly, I also want to remind us of our box. Let's really focus this week on letting God out of the box. Let's not just leave God on Sunday. Let's not leave this place today being like, that was great, cool, back to Monday, back to work. Let's see, going, that was awesome. Let's bring God into my workplace. Let's bring God into my school. Let's bring God into what, my studying for those who are going for exams. Wherever it is, let's try and include God in everything because God is there and God wants to connect with us. That's why the Holy of Holies was made in the first place. God wanted to connect with us. But he couldn't through sin, but our sins are forgiven through Jesus Christ. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you that you created us and you love us and you want to know every single one of us, Lord. And we thank you for Jesus Christ on that cross, the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate atonement for our sin, Lord. We thank you that we can come before you and that there's no longer this single place of holies of holies, Lord, but you are everywhere. And we thank you that we know you today. And Lord, we are sorry for the times when we forget you or we leave you out of our lives or we try and put you into a box. Lord, do you want to say this morning that we don't want you to be boxed. We want you... We want to see that supernatural. We want to be looking for the works you're doing in our lives. And we want to be, have those spiritual eyes to see you everywhere, Father. And Lord, we're sorry for the times where we hold stuff from you. Those boxes which we don't allow you into, Father. And we just want to hand them over, Lord. going to spend a moment thinking about those parts of our life which we just need to hand back over to God. Yes Lord, we hand them to you and we want to commit our lives to being worthy of your presence Lord, just accepting Jesus and wanting to follow you, being our best we can for you. We want to love you like you loved us, Lord. Amen.